Bonjour, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts and French language aficionado, Brian. <laughs> With us, as always, is the other two parts of the CDB crew, Carrie and Darcy. What the fuck? You can't pull audibles like that. <laughs> like, where did that go from? I don't know. I just, I, I, I have my script, you know, but I, I saw hello and I said, I was like, bonjour, let's get, let's get French up in here. Let's do it. So, yeah. hope, <laughs> hope you're all doing well today. <laughs> and all right well we have a, a fun episode today um where the main topic is going to be the prince and the dressmaker by jen wong and oh that's where that came from yeah actually yeah that's <laughs> that's like place in france i maybe that's where it came oh, from. Maybe it was that's some, giving him way subconscious yeah, it is like, giving him too much credit but it could be yeah, subconscious sure just, just oh, okay insanity, i'll buy that probably what it was okay well before we get into all of that um we'll go ahead and hit news first um First thing on my our list here, I put literally in the uh, our Google Doc is Action Labs bullshit because that's kind of what it is. So entirely what it is. <laughs> um, there's been some resolution. We're actually recording late um, this week again, so um, there's been a little more resolution as of today. To it's it's Wednesday evening, but essentially. Um, a lot of creators who've worked with Action Labs over the uh, the last few years, almost decade, uh, for some, ha- have come out and spoken about the uh, kind of the shady business practices they've been doing, as in they're um, not publishing uh, books that they bought the rights to. They're not releasing the rights once it, if they're not publishing them. Uh, they're just not marketing them. They're not marketing mm-hmm. them at all. Um, in fact, even like. Um, you know, past subject in this um, of this season for action was uh, Princeless, and even Jeremy Whitley basically said that they weren't advertising his book, and that was like their biggest hit, um, or one of their biggest hits, and it was actually him that did it. They were impressed with him advertising himself, and they were like, "Hey, do you want a job at Action Labs?" I mean, that's how that's how it was. But you know, he's a creator, so you know, he can't spend the entire time advertising everybody else, so. But what they're doing is they're, they brought him on to do like other marketing and they paid him in stock. So it's yeah. super fucking interesting. Like there, Jeremy Whitley had a whole thread about it that mm-hmm. I found yes. entirely interesting. Yes. And that was incredibly suspicious. And that just read like money laundering and a half to me, like how much stock are they printing for how many people, like mm-hmm. how much stock uh, exactly. like connects to like, uh, is their stock printed amount of stock equal to the value that the company is actually valued at? Like, I would like to see their financials because it has got to be a hot mess. You know, that company is printing more stock than that company is valued at. Uh, They are so upside down. That company is going to fall apart. That's my prediction. Um, It's got to have been falling apart for a long time now for the way it's being run. Uh, possibly just straight up money laundering possibly it's just been a like ponzi scheme i don't know what's going on but um you don't just not market 
books like they're they haven't even been tweeting when books come yeah. out and yeah. tweeting is the easiest thing in the world to do it we do it for free for this podcast it takes exactly. a whole of two minutes I, I pay a little you guys bit longer in, than two um, minutes but it takes nothing I, I pay you all in brian bucks which is about the <laughs> hey there we go yeah. <laughs> you know and i actually shout out to jeremy and to all the people that tweeted and made threads about this particular action lab saying because they wrote it so eloquently and in ways that someone like me could understand because I'm totally new to all of this. So it was just, it was heartbreaking and it was tragic. And unfortunately, because of some, and I forget this person's name, so I apologize, but like someone actually had their book shelved by Action Labs, did not realize that it was shelved, continued marketing, needed the cash, never got paid. And whatever other circumstances were going on in their lives, this person committed suicide. So there are real life consequences um, that are that, that, that are happening because of um, Action Labs not taking ownership and not taking any kind of accountability by the people that they hire. So it's been, um, I mean, you can find it all over Twitter. I'm not a Twitter person at all, but it's, uh, it's pretty horrific what the company's done. So I'm glad that there was some, whatever, whatever got released today, they're starting to do what now? Oh, uh, so, oh, well, thank you, Darcy. Also, you've been feeding us. Yeah, thanks, Darcy. I'm very Twitter, uh, a neophyte when it comes to that. So, so thank you. But um, I, I found an article. Um, it was, it's kind of vague. It's from Bleeding Cool. Um, as of today, it just came out a few hours ago, um, stating that uh, there, um, this person had an interview with with one of the uh, higher ups with Action Labs, and uh, asked them about what's going on. They said, "Well, we're now currently in contact with uh, all like basically a bunch of their public, you know, their their creators that they've not published, you know, that either want their rights back or want to get published. Um, so um, they're they're working with them. There's no official list yet, so you know, take." the words for what they are <laughs> you know like uh hopefully hopefully this is it's it's being resolved and i'm sure that um these creators are not going to work with action labs ever again because why would you you know i mean they're not the only fish in the the sea and they're definitely not a delicious fish so <laughs> okay that's <laughs> we'll see where that goes and um it's it's one of those things that um uh what am i trying to say uh, uh some companies will say that uh like or not some companies some people will say that a lot of companies do really kind of shitty practices and we've known that action labs uh is like was not a great publishing company for a while now like that they weren't holding up like completely holding up their end of the bargain but like what's come out the last couple of weeks has been even worse than uh like the greater public has been aware of um and uh, uh, it, it's just this sort of thing is I think needs to shine a light on kind of all publishing companies that we we know all publishing companies aren't treating creators well like all publishing companies not just in comics like publishing companies in general uh, uh underpay uh overwork just aren't treating 
uh, creators well. Um, this is one of the worst out there. Um, the creator that uh, Carrie was talking about, uh, his name is Gordon. Um, I I'm not saying a last name for him. The person who posted about it was Stuart Kane uh, at Stuart Kane 19. Um, and uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Busiek is the one who uh, kind of retweeted this and, and, and pushed that information up. Um, but uh, when people are like, yeah, you know, people, not everyone is responsible for the suicide of other people, but like no. people are being pushed to depression, like mm -hmm. serious levels over yeah, this yeah. because people, people are working super, super hard over this because they think it's, uh, they're getting money that they're getting their livelihoods over yeah. it. And they're not, they're not, this should be work for them, but it's not work for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is the case in a lot of the publishing industry where there are thinking that this is going to be pay down the road because they're being promised pay down the road mm -hmm. uh, and and no one goes into writing unfortunately thinking it's going to pay all of the bills uh, no. but they're signing contracts at this point actually they are signing contracts that says it's going to give them some amount of payment and it's not resulting in any kind of payment mm -hmm. then, then that's terrible yeah um and and that's from you know like Simon and Schuster on down to the smallest, mm -hmm. absolutely indie publisher. Yeah, but you know, there's yeah, there's definitely bad treatment of creatives, and then there's definitely an extra step, which seems like what Action Lab has been doing. Exactly. And and, and like when we talk about, sorry, I'll I'll be real quick. No, you're um, fine. But like when we talk about comics, and like we're talking about creators. You know, even like Princess, for example, we're talking about how great that book is. We're not talking about how great Action Labs. It's just a, absolutely not. A set well, yeah. Straight. yeah. Well, one of one of my favorite books is at Action Lab, and that's Hero Cats. It's a fantastic <laughs> book. I love it. It hasn't. The only reason why it has not shown up in in this show uh, is that it's an Action Labs book because it's an Action Labs book. Otherwise, we would have done it already. Mm -hmm. I um. The reason I brought up the Twitter thread about um, about Gordon was because, especially because we're recording late this week, Brian already established that Action Labs is run by people. So if there is a trending Twitter thread about someone, again, other mitigating factors are at play here. But if someone has, you know, if someone has enough depression in combination with whatever and commit suicide and you know that your company or your business handling had like a you know a two percent impact on that person's ultimate decision or on yeah. the factors that led to that decision and you're yeah. a person who works there wouldn't you at some point be like dude didn't know that's shit really sorry whatever i mean anything even if it's at least reevaluate at least reevaluate exactly. something at least tweet something at least you know dm someone through instagram i don't care how you show do it just show that there's still a heart within the human mm -hmm. shell that works there at action labs and that's the only reason i brought it up is because it's like so crazy to me that we're in this stage of life. We're in 2021. Everyone's been affected by COVID in some form. 
everyone has had less money than they should have for whatever reasons this past year and a half. Mental health, thank God, is coming to the forefront of a lot of people's discussions, both online and offline. We're trying to make more of an impact about it. We're trying to talk about like depression and suicide and all of these things. And you have a very tangible story about something. I would just think, even if your cold little heart is like, I don't want bad press, I'm going to say something just to make us look good. Like the political Yeah, like just say, I don't know. I think that was the only reason I was like, I've been really surprised by all of this. I'm just like, really? No word? This is. So. that That's why it like completely strikes me as that's why my my brain mm-hmm. like went automatically to money laundering yeah. well, <laughs> is um, because it none of like the marketing pr shit is being done at all like they are not running it like it's a business done with proper pr it's 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 basically a building with with furniture inside it that's it yeah <laughs> um, exactly yeah. the um like, so um I'm. I know for a fact that it's it's actually this is a law. If you are publicly traded and Infection Labs is selling, oh, it's, yeah. it's by doing by stock. There is a website, and I'm skipping. My brain is not in work mode right now because because <laughs> I'm not thinking what the name of that of the uh, the website is. But you have to publish your financials. Your you know basic um, every single quarter if you're a publicly traded company. So I would very, very, very interested in looking up Action Labs. DMB. Uh, no, DMB is a, it's a credit search. Oh. But, but they, they get that information. They, they take that information and create credit ratings. It's, but it's the actual source of it. I'll have to look it up. But um, And then it, it, I'll, I'll look up Action Labs. And if, if anything comes out of excitement, I'll talk about um, next episode. You know, if there's anything... Really <laughs> interesting on dnb.com action labs inc you can go to their financial statements yep so that's i think it's i don't have obviously a dnb yeah. like um business account so i can't get like too much info but it says their annual revenue is 1.3 million dollars that's it oh yeah so yeah and it's revenue is a very interesting um dollar amount that you can kind of inflate and deflate especially when you're dealing with with um with ip intellectual property where the, it's really hard to value intellectual property so you can really over inflate your intellectual property value and make your company look like it's a multi multi million dollar company when it's not. yeah especially when it's um you're overselling stock yeah exactly oh my bad um, um, also it's the pharmaceutical one yeah that's yeah. the one i'm looking at sorry oh, yeah. wrong one yeah. there's more than one but like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, um, sorry, actually, that's funny. Cause that, that came up earlier when I was looking up the seeds, there was an update to the story and I'm like, Oh, they're in LA. Oh no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different action labs. Okay. Well, okay. So I think we'll move on to the next story. Do you guys want to do the two, um, not great stories together or do you want to do something a little more positive? right now i didn't look at the document so i'm ready for a surprise i guess so well i want to do the fun like um i'm actually thinking about starting you want me to pitch about comiXology and amazon because i will do it let's let's do that last let's let's make this a a, um okay let's make this a positive sandwich with two shitty pieces of bread uh like so i'm actually thinking about starting a kickstarter corner 
on this like as a regular segment like in the news where we're talking about like cool kickstarter comics that are coming out um but and that's what this 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 next piece of uh news has to do with so and also full disclosure um the the one of the editors of this kickstarter contacted our our email and told us about it but in all honesty i got the news about it the next day and this is definitely something i would have put on here anyways so (laughs) this is it's uh i just want to be just fully open in case anyone cares um but the kickstarter is uh called uh when i was me moments of gender euphoria and it is an anthology comic that is currently it's about uh, six days away from uh being over on the kickstarter as of right now so um as of tomorrow when this episode comes out five days uh they've just hit their uh their um their publishing uh dollar amount that they needed to reach so their their goal has been met so now they're just basically going to be paying all the creators more money the more money they get which is excellent in my personal opinion so Mm -hmm. the book itself Mm -hmm. um actually i the kickstarter really puts it very very eloquently a lot more eloquently than i could probably say so i'm just going to read it from here real quick it's um gender euphoria is the overwhelming feeling of joy a gender non-conforming person feels when their gender is explored, validated, and celebrated. From being called the right name to photo shoots with friends to performing as a different gender in a play, gender euphoria is something that can result from an infinite number of experiences. So When I Was Me is a 96-page collection of autobiographical comics about the joyful, euphoric experiences of being transgender, featuring stories from trans people with a wide range of gender identities, ages, and backgrounds. So this is the uh, first comic anthology from Quindry Press, and they're in Scotland, um, and it's edited by Eve Greenwood and Alex Sasson. 100% of the team working on this uh, anthology fits under the trans umbrella, and um, from that's including everyone doing pre-press to artists, um, and there's... Um, going to be nine original poems, 11 interior um, illustrations, and over 60 comics in this, uh, in this, this um, anthology. So it's all of the preview art on the site is fantastic. Awesome. Definitely. And if you go a higher, uh, um, one of the higher echelons or higher levels on the uh, the Kickstarter tiers, thank you. Mm -hmm. That was the word I was looking for. Um, There's a vinyl sticker that you can get as well and a print set uh that both look amazing the uh, vinyl sticker i love that phoenix. is rad yeah i love yeah. phoenixes or and it's basically a phoenix that has the word transform kind of on a ribbon um fl- flying through the air awesome. so it looks really cool so um it's worth it for even just the sticker you know so so it's definitely something to support i'll put the uh the link in our notes <laughs> excuse me are you okay Oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, I actually have no mute button, so I apologize. <laughs> um, all right, well, it's a wild ride over here, everyone. Yes, it is. So uh, last, um, actually, in, in Darcy, if you want to talk about it, the uh, Comicsology is uh, is now further integrating with Amazon. Um, the app is totally changing. Well, the one benefit I can see about it is that I don't like having to figure out whether or not the app isn't uh, changing. <laughs> oh, oh, so is it okay? So is this, it's staying the same. 
yeah, everything else is changing. The app is supposedly staying the same. So what's happening is uh, the site Comixology is kind of merging into Amazon.com. Apparently, Uh, you're still going to get the Comixology app being separate from the Kindle app. Um, but, uh, since Amazon has owned Comixology for several years now, um, that whole thing, when you log into Comixology, where it's been begging you to merge your accounts for years now, they finally are saying like, fuck you do it. Um, we're doing it for you. Um, which is kind of annoying to me. Um, if you are from a country without an Amazon, yes, those do exist. Uh, that is kind of frustrating. I'm not sure how that will work for people. Uh, When I was living in Thailand, uh, I didn't, uh, the only reason I had access to an Amazon account was that I had an American credit card um, because uh, Amazon America uh, does not take non-American credit cards. Like it has this whole thing. Maybe they'll change that. Maybe that has changed since I moved back. Um, But like, it's really uptight about that whole thing. maybe some of the non-American Amazons are different about that. Um, And so maybe you can go through that. Like maybe there will be adjustments. I don't know, but it's super fucking frustrating. Another problem I have with it is that the quote unquote bookstores uh, in Amazon is messy as fuck. Like if you look for comics in um, Amazon, Uh, it's messy. It's not a kind of clean searching operation. Whereas Comixology's website is incredibly, it's just comics. It's just, it's easy to find what you're looking for. It's arranged very easily. You're not accidentally going to be thrown to like cooking pots or dildos or whatever the (laughs) fuck else is on Amazon. Um, You're just, it's just comics. It's all comics. Um, So you know, I kind of hate that it's getting pushed into all this other shit with Amazon. I don't want a big box store comics. If I wanted that, I would go on Kindle where all the rest of the shit is. Um, You can already do that if you wanted to. So I guess I'll just kind of stay on the app, but the app doesn't have like pre-ordering and you can't really look ahead. Uh, You can't, uh, the website has um, the ability to look week by week ahead every every month and you can pre-order obviously uh the app doesn't have that maybe they'll update the app where it has that feature uh it's harder to look at sales on the app than it is on the website maybe they'll make that better where i don't actually have to go on amazon to look at comics because it's fucking frustrating anyway i like comicsology it got me through thailand where i could there weren't many ways for me to shop for english language comics and um i needed a way to read comics online that wasn't pirating exactly so i hate this is what i'm trying to say i hate it i I agree and like hopefully there will be some of those changes on the comicsology app i mean i i i I don't use the website only to the only time I use the website was to purchase uh, comics because um, Apple has a, a fun thing where if you if uh, if you're a company and you allow purchases on an app that is on an Apple 
on an iOS platform, then they get a cut of that payment. So exactly. Comixology no longer offers being able to buy comics via the app if you're on Apple, which right. I, I am. So, you know, that is so 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 that I'm hoping, you know, they they make the website a little easier to use because you know, I, Apple users will definitely will still have to use the website. They can't just mm-hmm. go 100% over to Comixology um, application. And two, okay, so there's really no good place on the internet to get previews of what comics are coming out. And like, and when I say like previews, I mean like everything. Like, yeah, um, like you have to pl- go publisher by publisher. The, yeah, because like the place I use misses so much, especially when it comes to YA like and it, like if, if it's dc marvel obviously it's there but like when it comes to more like obscure like like independent comics and or like or like more like all ages more encompassing stuff basically i think the people updating this are, are like white dudes and that's what they <laughs> they're that's what they're they're they find important are the white dude comics and so if you're trying not to find a white dude comic it's hard to find on this on the website i use i'm not gonna give out their name but that that's the best version I've found and I definitely it's lacking so hopefully this might if they can put something like that on the app and and like have it easy to find things you know then that that would just be great you know yeah I, I don't mind the library combination because I I like having because uh, you know there are some comics or graphic novels that are only available like through kindle and some that are only available through comiXology so right now technically my libraries are separate and that's bullshit um and since they've started this concept i've noticed that i can read both on both or actually since i can i can read my kindle comics on my comiXology library and hell that's nice i like that that was the one benefit i was going to talk about earlier was that that's (laughs) nice yeah, so I, I noticed that happening. I kind of had a suspicion that this was going to start happening like a few, maybe like a month ago when I first noticed those comics like sneaking into my library on Comixology. But I, I'm still just, I hate losing that really. The website is nice. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful comic book website that's got so much stuff on there and you don't have to worry about just randomly running into stupid, you know, like drop ship items that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I want to read the newest uh, comic from Image. I don't want to, re- I don't want a new lamp. it's happening Um, there's just so much or just like or you know like uh pirated comics that somebody's trying to sell exactly uh, which are totally on all all over amazon that somebody's like selling um uh, there are tons of of manga that people have uh, turned over um and that's i i don't want to accidentally buy that that does not exist on comiXology And, and Exactly. That's all I was got to say too. Is that they're actually merging the Comicsology submit with the Kindle, like whatever the Kindle equivalent is. So the quality Kindle control, Direct, Kindle Direct, exactly. So that quality control, hopefully for Comicsology, because like their Comicsology submit is some good quality. It goes stuff. that direction, not the other yeah, direction. Exactly. I'm hoping it goes. Mm. Yeah, but once again we're dealing with a big company so it'll probably be whatever right yeah <laughs> you know this is amazon we're talking about yeah, exactly. it gets worse not better you know bezos could only spend eight seconds in uh 
in space instead of 11 seconds in space. not even in space didn't he <laughs> yeah. do right under space or some shit yeah it was like yeah it was like the fucking asshole yeah yeah exactly but <laughs> and they were throwing like twizzlers at each other they were throwing candy at each other like yay billions of dollars okay never mind okay let's go on to the all right well um so i think we'll go ahead and move on to our uh, next portion of the show which is our uh spotlights uh, since Darcy, you took the helm on that one, I'll, I'll go first on this. Um, okay. So, big surprise, um, big fan. Like, I, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how I'm a big fan of camp. I'm also a huge fan of, like, classic, like, horror, like, universal horror, hammer horror. You know, like, the, the fun, what would now, now kind of be considered like a B-movie horror movie, but back then when they were made, like, in the 30s and 40s and 50s, you know, they were top-of-the-line horror uh, films. So, um, there's a new book coming out uh, by the person who did the uh, the comic biography on Rod Serling, the guy from Twilight Zone, which is which um, I haven't read yet, but looks amazing. Um, this person's name is uh, Corin Shadmi. I apologize if I mispronounced that. I tried my best, um, but um, the book is uh, Lugosi: The Rise and Fall of Hollywood's Dracula. And uh, it is uh, obviously about Bela Lugosi, uh, who was the original Dracula in the American uh, horror movies and for Universal. And um, so Shami's art style is, he's great, or they're great. I'm not sure if, if they're heaps, so, so they, they're great. Um, and when it comes to caricatures, I mean, they their care like Bella Lugosi looks like Bella Lugosi and and like this person had a very interesting life story ever since I watched Ed Wood the the movie which takes place at the final you know kind of weeks or months of Bella Lugosi's life um I've always found this person very intriguing kind of you know it's you know it definitely Hollywood back then did not treat their stars the way that they treat them now and and um, there's a lot of drug abuse, a lot of uh, some terrible things, you know, that unfortunately um, was part of Lugosi's life towards towards the end of his of his days. So um, it's a very interesting story to to hear, you know, um, kind of tragic, but at the same time, definitely one that should be told. And like everyone should also go see as many of those universal horror movies as possible because they're, they're great even if they might not be you know popcorn 100 cgi like you know effects uh type movies anymore but they're great for what they are yes <laughs> sorry oh no worries <laughs> i you know i would still kind of consider them super special effecty popcorn kind of movies they're just you know a different kind of special effect popcorn kind of movie. exactly well I, I mean i think the thing that we forget about for older horror is that it's the birth of horror and so everybody you know yeah. everyone you every, these were the scariest movies of the time exactly so someone like bea who is very very frightening in some of those original dracula movies mm -hmm. um it's it's kind of mind-blowing because yeah like we'll watch them like on the Sven show like on Saturday nights and we're like yeah this is silly it's kitschy whatever but if you think about that they're coming out in the 30s and like Darcy said this is top-notch effects yep. at the time exactly. you're, it, it blows your mind you're like oh this is like the real fucking deal back in the day and it's just it's it's 
it's the birth of what we would you know like modern horror now so i'm i actually really like bayo lugosi i'm very excited yeah. for and what the, they did with as little money as they had and like with little uh, you know technology they had it's, it's amazing like the um the creature for the black lagoon oh the person, shit. The yeah. person who who was the creature who wore the costume had to literally hold their breath for like four or five minutes at a time to yeah. get those underwater shots so the, gu- <laughs> so the guy who played the creature was actually like an olympic trained athlete because they needed someone who because i guess for the look of the monster costume they couldn't allow any breathing apparatus they wanted him to look completely mm-hmm. smooth because they couldn't edit that out so the dude had to do like five six minute takes where he's just accosting a woman in the water and then when you watch the movie with that background knowledge you're like that dude's not fucking breathing yeah he's literally holding his breath for this entire take and meanwhile we're seeing the finished product he's been filming for six months straight i mean it's like it's insane it's i love old horror movies i think sometimes those are more frightening than the torture porn we see now i don't like that bullshit i won't watch the new stuff but i love i love old horror i think it's fascinating I think the people who were actors were fascinating. I think a lot of them had tragic lives behind this, you know, behind the screens. Um, it's all really cool to me. Well, and, you know, and the, we're actually kind of hitting a different, you know, era of horror right now that's kind of similar to the old horror, where it's kind of like a almost like a cinematic classy horror with like Get Out and with like a Hereditary and and Midsommar and stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely has evolved again so this is definitely it's, um it's interesting yeah lamb yeah oh, lamb oh so weird. i still want to know is she breastfeeding the lamb yeah <laughs> i i still think it's actually a human baby that she's that's that like no that that it's a that she's seeing it as a baby but it's actually a lamb or that it's a lamb that other people are seeing it i don't know i'm well i'm, I'm not sure I'll probably see it and I'll let you guys know. <laughs> I just, I'm, I don't know. Okay. I, I, yeah. All right, Darcy. Um, so do you, do you want to uh, let us know what your spotlight is this week? Yes. Uh, I'm doing uh, Hookie from Miriam B or Miriam Bonitostre Tour mm. um, on Webtoon. Uh, since we talked about Webtoon last week or four billion weeks ago or whenever the hell we talked about webtoon we're going to be talking about them again today um i figured i'd do a webtoon this week uh so hookie is a a sort of um vaguely kind of weird kiki's delivery service magical schooly kind of comic uh about a brother and sister uh witch duo who were going to go off to school um but they missed their bus uh, and don't want to go back home because uh they don't want to get in trouble with their parents because their parents are scary so instead of going off uh to going to tell their parents that they missed school and they can't go to school because it's a magical school bus and they don't know where that school bus goes they decide oh well let's go find ourselves a mentor so they go to their aunt who is also a witch a scary one uh, who is like uh, evil um, and they go to her and they're like aunt can you be our mentor and she's like sure why not 
but she puts them to work as servants and they hate that. Uh, and they overhear her telling her huntsmen to go like steal the heart of Snow White. And they're like, oh, well, we can help the huntsmen do that. And maybe our aunt will help us, you know, like be witches. Um, and so they go like uh, make the huntsmen hot. And they're like, well, go seduce Snow White because they've misunderstood what steal the heart means. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they go back to the ants and they're like, we totally helped with this thing. Uh, we totally helped the huntsmen steal the heart. Uh, help, you know, like train us. And they're like, and the ants like, oh, you did? You're awesome. Yeah, go take this prisoner to that scary witch jail. And so they take this prisoner who looks like a prince, the scary witch jail. Um, and they do that and they kind of find out, they kind of feel weird about the ant. And so instead of going back to the ant after taking this prince, this scary witch jail, they go to a different town and they end up with a new mentor. And it's just kind of like they go around and they end up with this new mentor. And there's this issue going where princes are being stolen by witches, these evil witches and wizards. And there are these like good witches that are trying to like maybe fight them. But then the because princes are being stolen, the royalty is like, maybe we should friggin kill witches and wizards or whatever. And it's this whole thing. Um, very complicated but danny and dorian are very adorable kind of just want to learn dorian is the little brother and he's super smart very clever but kind of introverted and nobody likes him because he's kind of a nerd mm -hmm. uh danny is very very powerful she's good at the broom she's kind of very outgoing uh but kind of brooms the only thing she's good at anytime she tries a spell it kind of goes completely wrong um, and then there's kind of like this cast of characters that's super fun around them. Uh, Danny's got lots of friends, Dorian, not so much. Um, it's, it's just a really fun comic. It's this week has been printed into a graphic novel that you can actually buy if you want to do that. But if you don't want to buy it, um, like in a physical format, uh, it's on Webtoon where you can, you know, like read it and stuff. And I will link it in the, uh, in the notes. Awesome. Well. And so. I will link it on Twitter as I generally always do, but the Perfect. art is adorable. It's, it's very, you know, Danny and Dorian are kind of like cute and tiny and they've kind of got like very pale skin, very black clothing, very black hair. And then like the backgrounds around them are like super colored. Nice. Like, there's a lot of interesting color to them. Uh, Miriam was saying like, it's an older comic, uh, when Miriam was posting about uh, going back and re, uh, redoing everything for, because, you know, Webtoon is uh, a long form top bottom uh, reading experience, whereas, you know, print comics are not that <laughs> it's book mm -hmm. format. Um, uh, they went back to try to find uh, their archive uh, and couldn't find it. Uh, so I had to like go back and redraw 
a mm. lot of the original stuff. Uh, mm. So uh, if you go on Miriam's Twitter, you can find like some old redraws from like episode one and episode two and kind of like some old stuff. So it's super interesting to see like how the art's been updated and stuff like that. So it's fun. Very cool. Very cool. It sounds really interesting. And definitely that sounds like like catnip for me <laughs> that yeah it's, it's a lot of you know it, it's got a lot of those fun tropes that if you like that kind of stuff uh it, it's an automatic kind of in you know kiki's um uh, uh like harry potter kind of stuff any kind of like school but you know obviously not created by a transphobe kind of thing mm-hmm. um and and but you know like quirky and happy and fun and it's got really adorable art so like magical adventures between siblings is kind of like a a trope that's been going on for the last few years and like it's a lot of fun I mean it's pretty cool so like just the difference between the two siblings and how they get along and and fight at the same time so yeah very cool I don't want to read about siblings (laughs) I barely talk to mine but these are are they cute? Say good sibling oh no. they're super adorable i'm watching yeah. them, you know like grow up a little bit it's nice uh, but That's you know they they kind of you know like each other they're kind of like all they have but at the same time there's like you know they've got that banter of like maybe you know they don't they're not the same person so they don't always get along kind of thing they've got a really good you know brother and sister relationship it's very um, well written okay. that's awesome very cool all right, that sounds really good. Um, oh, I didn't mention that um, that the book I was talking about, uh, the Lugosi book, is is out September twenty eighth. Um, I've chosen a book to come out in the future because I hadn't read a lot of independent comics this week. So, but, but it looks really good. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to our main course which is The uh, Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wong. And uh, it was published by First Second Books. And this was uh, Carrie's choice. So Carrie, if you would like to do us the honors and uh, kind of go over the, a quick synopsis slash uh, why you wanted to do this this week. Okay, before we get into it, <laughs> we have a group chat always going about the show. And Brian... Like I tell Brian like what I'm doing for the week because he's legitly hounding me to pick a fucking book. (laughs) But he'll be like, oh, you need to pick a book. So I was like, oh, okay, let's do the the prince and the dressmaker. So Brian put in the group chat (laughs) the pence and the dressmaker, (laughs) which really made me laugh. And so um, I just wanted to say that because I put a Mike Pence gift type thing on there and it was that would funny. be a completely different book it would be <laughs> and it was on. really funny <laughs> it made me laugh but um no so the prince and the dressmaker i give really shitty synopsis synopsis so i'm not going to uh get into it too much um it is in a time where brian says it's like in the late 19th century or something so um, it takes place in Paris. It looks like it's about the, like maybe, I don't know, if, like a month, a few months. It's over like the summer in, yeah. in Paris. And um, it's the prince named Sebastian and he is the crown prince of Belgomia. His family is visiting his um, aunt that lives in Paris for the summer. Uh, he, 
Prince Sebastian has a secret. He um, likes to dress in beautiful women's clothing in the evening. Um, he meets by chance a dressmaker. He hires her. Uh, her name is Frances. And she has a very astute eye for fashion. She makes beautiful couture dresses. She's treated like shit at her normal um, sewing post. So she gets the job kind of like anonymously. She doesn't know who she's working for. She takes the job. Uh, she finds out it's the crown prince. She hesitates for maybe 0 0.001 seconds. Like, cool, fucking let's do it. So she makes him beautiful dresses. Um, the first night that she makes a dress, they go uh, out. He loves the kind of like the nightlife of it. He enters a beauty, a beauty contest, he wins. Um, Francis has a uh, story, a backstory about how she's always been inspired by sewing and fashion and she's always worked really hard. Um, there is a famous fashion designer named Aurelia something or other, I don't know her last name. Um, she designs clothes and she wrote a play, uh, like a ballet that's some, uh, something of, Crystalia, the title. Mm -hmm. And so um, Sebastian names himself in his, um, I, I like, almost want to say like a drag persona, like a drag but sona, I, yeah. I, I, it I feels just, more like he's gender fluid. Yeah. Me, exactly. Because he's, he's not performing. It's, no, it's exactly. not. Yeah. That's why I and, hesitate in drag, equating it like and that. And drag is not necessarily 100% imitating the the other you know the other gender no no, no 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 and that's so. but i mean like i think for my mind to kind of like understand what was going on right away i just kind of like associated it as a drag persona but you're right so like um he adopts the name lady cristalia so he just loves dressing beautifully and going out at night with francis so they do this for a while um francis her designs get more intricate. She now designs for Sebastian um, in his boy clothes and she designs his girl clothes. And um, he, so they have like a falling out, something happens. Uh, she's, her, the fashions are getting noticed essentially. And so Francis has the off chance of meeting Aurelia. Um, now that Francis is associated with Sebastian, uh, if she's associated with Cristalia, then people will put two and two together. Uh, Sebastian can't have that. He needs to keep his secret safe. Um, and really, in, in a secondary story, Francis is six, I'm sorry, Sebastian is 16. He's getting pressured by his parents to find a wife. So they're just like, boom, 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 like putting all of these princesses um, in a line and having a meet, basically doing like quick dates. Um, and Sebastian's not into it at any point. And uh, uh, the one that kind of sticks and not so much that, I don't know if he, I don't think he likes her in that way, but like they talk for more than three seconds. Um, is Princess Juliana. I think she was from Monaco or Monica, something. Yeah, and um, so, you know, so Sebastian's under like a horrible amount of pressure. Um, and the way that he kind of vents 
and de-stresses is by dressing as Lady Crystallia. So he, you know, puts the kibosh on on um, Francis meeting Aurelia. He doesn't want her to, he just can't have that association be between Crystallia, Francis, Francis, Sebastian. Um, so understandably, Francis gets really upset because yes, they're friends and, but this is also like a job and she's kind of being able to like, you know, experiment, create like creatively and do all these things. And so the fact that she kind of can't, that she, I'm assuming I, I got the vibe that she was like feeling stifled in that situation because she wasn't able to be out and like say like, yeah, I'm the one designing all of these amazing pieces. So um, she basically quits and she leaves. Oh, they meet, um, they meet the son of a department store head and they're opening up a department store in Paris. It's supposed to be like super innovative and like changing the way like the it's modern the first woman. department store yeah it's like yeah. the first department store it's so it's gonna be fashion centric and, and we'll get into why i'm very confused on the timing but anyways like it's the first department store it's gonna change innovation whatever so they meet him i was trying to avoid a long synopsis but um they meet him he's fucking weird he, francis quits at sebastian she gets a job as like the designer. She gets a job somewhere else, but then so, um, the, at, for the department store. Yeah, for the but just, the department store guy realizes that. that it's Francis, and so who designed Cristalia's clothing? So he hires her. She gets a job at the department store as like their fashion designer. But he's super. It needs to be a certain way because it's for a certain type of shopper. So um, boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was yeah. nice, but yeah, it, Generic. Wasn't, it yeah. wasn't exciting like what she was designing for Crystalia. So they go and Sebastian's upset. He dresses as Crystalia. He goes out. Somebody slips him a drink and the drink gets him super fucked up. I'm, was it absinthe? It looked like absinthe. Yeah. yeah so it, like it's absinthe. Um, he gets like all jacked. Uh, Princess Juliana's brother, I forget his name because he's a douchebag. Yep. <laughs> he he's out with his boys that night. They're like trying to flirt with Cristalia because nobody knows it's Sebastian. Um they realize it's Sebastian. Sebastian had just put in his proposal to Juliana. Um and he, they get he gets really upset. So the next day happened to be like the big ceremony where they're announcing the um the engagement of Sebastian with Juliana instead uh the brother prince drags in a very hungover um Sebastian in front of everybody and Sebastian's dressed as Cristalia um it's super embarrassing it's like the one thing that Sebastian never wanted was for people to know um and it's like Juliana leaves it's a it's a whole chaotic scene um and rumors immediately spread about Sebastian all over town uh Francis here overhears people talking shit she gets super upset um and then they go and I'm missing stuff because my mind is foggy 
and they Sebastian goes to the monastery oh yeah Sebastian runs away he goes to a monastery thank you um the family's leaving Paris Emile who's like his number one right hand is tasked with staying um behind to find out where Sebastian is Emile finds him because Sebastian reached out he reaches out because um he needs to give apology letters to everybody to his parents to Juliana to Francis so he stays at the monastery um Emile finds Francis he gives her the apology letter and the trunk of clothes that she designed for Cristalia um Sebastian wanted Francis to keep them um she goes to the home like the palace saying whatever uh she's go because she goes there and she gets the trunk and then um she it's a very very sweet couple of pages she is going through the clothes and she's just kind of hanging them up like I think just kind of like maybe in her mind like reliving memories or whatever and it turns out that like the king uh Sebastian's dad had been like asleep on the floor uh I don't know if he had been drinking or depressed or whatever, but he's like crashed out in that particular dressing room that was his son's. And uh, they have kind of a, a banter where Francis tells him that like, you know, the only thing your son ever wanted was to like make you guys proud. He loved you. He was, you know, he didn't want you to find out because this is exactly what he thought would happen. He was worried about hurting you. Um, the dad's doing the very like, dad thing of like what did I do wrong what was he missing in his life um that he needed to resort to this which I think is something that a lot of parents do when they find out things like this about their children they Mm -hmm. try to they try to like piece it together and solve it like oh what's going on what's wrong what did I do wrong and Francis was very gently saying like this is just the way he was Mm -hmm. there was nothing missing in his life he's he's perfect like there's you know like he's he's perfect and there's nothing wrong this is just part of him yeah it's just part of him like there's nothing wrong with it and so um they go and she's doing a fashion show thing um the creepy son's there and he's telling Francis like yeah this is going to be great at the department store all these women are going to love it and buy all sorts of clothes blah 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 and so um Cristalia wore a wig a very pretty long red like red haired wig and someone in a brown little hooded robe thing comes and steals the wig and it, 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 it's Sebastian's wig Francis is holding on to it because it was Sebastian's she tears off after the person it's like give me back that wig or whatever it turns out it's Sebastian they have a moment um they security comes like they're going to take Sebastian away and then the king comes with his crew and he's like that like take your hands off my kid like you know that's my son the mom's super ecstatic to see her son again um that's a very sweet moment because he thought that they wouldn't care I think and she was like no we're not leaving you like you're my kid and so um so they uh Francis tells Sebastian that she still has the trunk of all the clothes that Cristalia wore. Um, the king tells his men, make sure these kids have everything that they need for the fashion show. 
uh, next page, I'm probably glossing over stuff, um, starts the fashion show. Everybody expects it, you know, like the department head expects it to be the generic regular clothing. And instead it's the men who had accompanied the king walking out in Cristalia's fashions. And so, um, you know, the department store guy came and was like, I'm taking back my show. And the king looking amazing in like a, mm-hmm. like a really a beautiful cool, dress it, 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 and horns. Yeah, yeah it was horns. horns, but like, it almost looked like a really like badass rope, like, um, like a, like a, I don't know, like a shawl. It was really cool. I didn't see it yeah, as a dress. It I thought it yeah. was a super badass and he looked great. And then he was just like, I'm the king. Like, we're going to do this essentially, whatever. The, the fashion show, the, the men on in the dresses are full, full beard, full. Yeah. yeah so they're like, they're, really cool, you know, they're it's a really cool. Image. It, it's just really awesome because yeah. it's just dudes strutting around in like beautiful gowns. And, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a hit. Like, the women loved it. The women were clamoring to buy the like Cristalia's fashions. And then finally, like, like um, uh, Cristalia was able to to walk the runway, you know, and you know, well, Sebastian didn't, you know, very excited. Um, and uh, let's see what else. And then Francis met Aurelia. And so it ends with, God, I'm doing such a horrible job. I You're hate doing, doing the stupid synopsis so much. Um, that was a, a very real take of my emotions right now. So they go and they finish. And um, uh, Sebastian stays in Paris with his aunt. His parents go back to Logonia. Emile stays with them. Um, he's in like he's studying he's playing tennis he's doing well he misses his family and um, Francis got a job with Aurelia and like her fashion house and it's really sweet because at the very end like Francis looks down at the window for some reason and it's Sebastian in as Cristalia or in the clothing and they embrace and she's super happy and she has more designs to show him and that was sloppy but that's the end of the book it's really good no it'll be fine yeah I want to just say um I used the phrase gender fluid as opposed to um drag just because like at no point does Sebastian like label himself at no no point does the book label Sebastian Sebastian's just Sebastian Mm -hmm. um but like um I drag doesn't really work for me personally um just because like Sebastian talks about uh looking in the mirror and at some point he is Sebastian the heir looks like his father and some points he looks in the mirror and he's a princess and not that person like he changes uh who he is like the way he talks about that that you know drag is that the way people talk about drag to some extent is that but like he is is, he is that way even without the clothes kind of things uh so 
drag doesn't fit as well for me. Uh, but drag the, is a persona. It's a show. And, exactly. And it's not a, this is not a persona for Sebastian. Yeah, this right. is just part of who he is. Part of who he is. So so the book at no point labels him. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. Sebastian. But, right, right. No, you you didn't. I'm not saying you did. I yeah. did. <laughs> and oh. and I, I, I didn't mean to except to say that yeah. um, I, I personally if if I were to, I think maybe that would fit a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. But but the book doesn't. Sebastian is just Sebastian. Yeah. The, the king and the king's men at the end. That's a form of drag, mm. but but not not Cristalia slash or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And and now um, no, and I and, uh, it doesn't it doesn't outright say it, and I think it doesn't. I think Jen Wong does a really great to. job. Because there's the explanation exactly that in the book. Francis what, gives. The, yeah, and also when and Sebastian, when, he sh, when when he's talking to you know to to Francis, basically yeah. some days I feel like the prince, some days I feel like the princess. I'm always Sebastian, and yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, it's exactly. And the, and what I love about this because there's so many, so many trope holes, <laughs> so many things that that are not positive that that this this book could have fallen down into and, and not have been as as wonderfully like you know um open and a wonderful explanation of like people who are gender fluid you know like um where for example like the you know sebastian it, it, there's never a question of of him wondering who he is like am i a girl am i a guy no he's just like i'm kind of both i'm kind of not and yes i am and here i am now and and there's never and like francis never has of like oh like how should i address you and stuff like that it's just like i'm you know he's always his own person and that's that's pretty amazing that you yeah know, there's there's societal concerns because he's living in the society he's living in but mm -hmm. inside of himself he's very confident yeah. yeah totally and we're all using the pronoun he because that's the pronoun that he's he uses in the yeah book, so yeah you know so not might not be the the best definition of their their gender but that's the pronoun well he i i think well it's the pronoun the whole, he uses yeah and i and i think that's the whole point is that Jen Wong created this really cool character who doesn't need to explain themselves mm -hmm. because they're just fucking cool and they're like he is a boy that he's very happy dressing as a girl and it's not anything weird or or subversive or whatever kind of you know things people try to like read into that it's just like he just likes wearing he just likes having this you know like he adopts a moniker for when he dressed like when he wears a beautiful gown um and that's it's it's him naming himself as lady cristalia and he's like yeah. super cool and, with and, it. and not, i just really like that. and it's not out of shame like like a lot of stories like this would, would have that be like i have to disguise who i am because i'm i'm ashamed of who i am but in this it's basically because 
it's the 19th century his father is a king you know like he he feels he has a sense of duty and like there's obviously gender norms out there that he feels that he needs to express and for a good reason i mean the 19th century is definitely not the most uh, progressive era uh you know even in europe and in, in france you know like it's not so like and, and that was the reasoning for for disguising themselves or himself is because is because of that not because he was like oh I, I can't believe i do this why do i why do i go out every night with a wig on you know and, like yeah so. and i mean and really he just adopted the name lady cristalia because he entered that beauty contest yep. and it was like a last minute like he even he was like oh fuck what am, like i've never done this before what am i doing it was just really, <laughs> and it's very innocent and it's very cute and it's very i mean and spoiler alert they kiss and i love it that, i was so happy that they kissed that's that's another really thing excited. so i you know a lot of times love stories are kind of thrown in because it's like necessary now and i like like modern especially in YA books like now it seems like that's not a necessity anymore to have the two characters fall in love i feel like in this story it was great that they have the love story in it because once again you know like just because you know Sebastian is not male all the time doesn't mean that he's you know gay or he's he's anything else you know like it you know like the there's still the love between you know a, a, a guy and a girl you know or like you know between each other you know he still loves a woman you know doesn't doesn't matter what he feels he's identified as if I said that correctly <laughs> It doesn't matter what he is he's he's in love with who, well, who he's, he's in love a with. boy i mean yeah. i i don't he and i i don't i i don't know i think we're trying to hammer home a point that doesn't need to be hammered home like yeah. he uses male pronouns um he just dresses like a like yeah. like in beautiful princess clothing and he has a a fucking seamstress who makes badass clothes for him and also like male clothes i mean like boy i mean that's so weird but like you know she makes all his clothes at this point and it's just really cool and i, I would argue he's not just a boy because yeah. of that statement he said before is sometimes he sees a princess he's not just a boy in girls clothes yeah, yeah okay yeah you know but i mean it's just all all part of him and and and, a, and i think a lesser writer would have had um either just avoided the entire romance angle of this and i and i also like the fact that there is a romance angle but it's not the whole story obviously that's part of the story when when francis is hurt about the way um sebastian treats her in the middle of the story where she he's forbidding her from from being able to you know be herself while while she's helping him be himself so you know and like and there's obviously some romance like feelings there that that, that add to the hurt but also the class issues that suddenly yeah. she's a servant again and she's been a friend for a while exactly so yeah it's just i think it's just pretty masterful when it comes to the way the story is you know um well, let's talk about the art um first of all the uh, book like this <laughs> about a prince and a dressmaker definitely needs to have great dresses and great fashion and i think this really hits hits it out of the park it's some of these so, some i mean i don't have an eye 
for the for the stuff even i can tell that this is some amazing work you know some line work on on these uh costumes and dresses and stuff it definitely i mean it you know princess jellyfish it definitely gives me princess jellyfish vibes uh, because of all the costumes um especially that marmalade dress (laughs) definitely took me back to princess jellyfish for for the floatiness of that costume um so I, I, I am right up there with you where I have zero fashion sense, but yeah. I, I do love costuming. I, I talk about it more than I should considering my lack of fashion sense. Um, but the costuming in this was incredible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shit you can't do. I'm, I mean, some people can do in real life in like costuming in theater or whatever, but like every day, just wear it out kind of costuming, mm-hmm. not really practical, uh, but she's just throwing it out there. I love that um, kind of butterfly feather dress um francis made for uh lady cristalia that got duped uh because you know that's when Mm -hmm. her costume started getting duped so she made that really fantastic uh variegated probably iridescent but that would be harder to do in this art in this like coloring style but it looked like it should be iridescent feathered kind of dress uh, and it was just like fabulous and over the top on Lady Cristalia. And then she goes out to the store and sees a very like down market version of it on some other lady. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of the son wants her to be done for um, the stores, basically. Yeah. Which, yeah. Down market it, versions, which is down. what you have today. You know, you've got like runway oh, yeah. fashion and you've got, you know, the H&M version. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, Carrie's very modest about this, but she definitely is a creator when it comes to stuff like this. And so what did you think about the fashions and everything, Carrie? Oh, I loved them. I thought the my honestly, my favorite one was the one that she made for the very first princess to go to the party. Mm-hmm. to meet uh where it's the all black and it's like the corset and mm. it's kind of like that short outfit with the blindfold i love yeah. the blindfold yeah. i just like because what, so what she wanted it, yeah, yeah i loved it it was it was perfect um I, the artwork is amazing and with that being said i felt like this is just me i felt like the artwork was really modern and it threw me off time-wise. And then that's why with the thing about the department store, I was like, what the fuck time is this? And then with the whole thing where the print, the king is like, if we're around during department stores, what good are like kings and queens and princes and stuff? Mm-hmm. I totally got thrown off with the timing. I guess it's talked about in like on the, on the cover of the book which I did not bother to read. I just kind of jumped into it and I started reading. So, you know, we live in a world where monarchies still exist. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't, the, it didn't make and sense to me time-wise. I would have to Department say stores are that old. It, yeah, but I mean, like, I told Brian, I was like, this is like early, this is like, this is like 1930s. This is like 1920s. And he's like, no, this is like way earlier than that. I'm like, I totally got like a 20th century vibe from yeah. it oh. but you know i mean i like i i i feel that the art style 
uh, on this book is very is very French, is very turn of the century. Whether if it's early twentieth or late nineteenth, it really it really aids to the time. But at the same time, it's kind of a timeless story. It's also a very progressive story for the nineteenth century. So that probably could also throw you off. Maybe because yeah. also too, and I'm I mean. Francis's attitude towards the whole fucking thing is so chill. Like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's the perfect person you want in your corner, regardless of whatever's going on and like whatever's going on in your life. That's she's the perfect person. And so I and yeah, maybe that was part of it, too. Like she has a very progressive, like, okay, whatever, like attitude that maybe that's where I was just getting thrown off I was getting really thrown off by everything and it doesn't diminish the story by any by any stretch of the imagination it's really good and I really enjoyed it I'm glad I chose it but I was just thrown off in the timing and I guess timing matters so it it, it doesn't really and that's what I was trying to say is it's kind of timeless in in a way it's just I think that's just it's just the setting of the story um and I think that the first interaction with that first dress is, is specifically placed there to show that that basically Francis listens to their you know to her client and will do what her client says and doesn't judge you know like it might not be you know she'll she'll do her best to her art you know for her art to satisfy the person so I think that also explains why she's you know it's 19th century you know and yet she's like very much like cool let's do it you know she has that attitude from the beginning so yeah it was a good book yeah it it was it was good it was good overall you know i um i also like the fact that it was colored you know like the the coloring in the book was was really nice um some nice soft colors it's just it's it's a very beautiful book to look at as that well. pink cover definitely dates it for when it was made. <laughs> yeah, the pink cover does, but then the inter- interior. The interiors though. are yeah. yeah. The interiors and I was, are great. I was expecting the pink and white motif. Yeah, I and, I, and- I always forget that it's not. Every time I reread it, I'm like, it's kind of you know because of that period, that pink and white. Yeah. Exactly. And the cover is. I always expect it to be like 2018 pink and white kind of thing. It's all. It's, it's, not. <laughs> it's nice because it's almost subversive in a sense, like where you're. It is. Yeah. In in so, so once again, you know, there's a lot of themes in the story where it's like it could definitely go one way, and it's it goes a different, more better, positive way. Very so. much so. It's got great coloring. Yes, definitely. Great, like greens and blues and teals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that bright yellow. Yeah, great colors in this book. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Okay. Well. Um, you guys have anything else or do you want me to to move on to our next place here i'm good mm-hmm. all right well definitely i think it's a recommend for from everyone here um if you haven't read read the prince and the dressmaker definitely please pick it up it's a very good book um all right so that will bring us to the round table portion of our of our podcast here um so it's uh we kind of mentioned it in the news last week um, and it also has to do with with um, so we, we discussed a couple of weeks ago regarding webtoons and um, and DC uh, essentially uh, actually I'll have Darcy kind of explain it to, a little better than I probably could but yeah some um, 
fun gatekeeping going on on the inter- on the internet, and we want to kind of talk about it. It's basically just an extension of what we talked about last week. This is the thing that still keeps going on, has not stopped, uh, but luckily has not gotten more intense. Um, again, last week we had that um, article that was written about webtoons and tapas being an issue in the industry, you know, quote unquote problem for comics because uh, it caters to young women um and is merely filling a gap in the industry or whatever um and that it is a difference between professional and amateur comic creators um and that there is a divide uh between not just a publishing divide between comic creators who are traditionally published and who are published online, but that some people actually see a true divide between uh, these people are pub are, are profession. These people are actual, I'll use the word actual, actual comic book creators. And these are actual comic books. And these things are not real comics. And among those things would count as web comics, editorial comics, um, webtoon comics, uh, any sort of like newspaper comics probably wouldn't count, even though those are printed, those wouldn't count because they don't come in a comic book, even though comic books are originally just reprints mm-hmm. of newspaper comics, like those things don't count. For some people, the only thing that count as comic books are printed, gathered comic book medium. And that causes a serious problem. Now, the interesting thing that happened this week is we talked about it before is that Webtoons and DC uh, partnered. And that partnership actually came to fruition this week with the uh, posting of the Batman Wayne family adventures on Webtoons. There are three episodes up this week. Um, It is being printed or excuse me, posted every Thursday. Uh, So if you want to read that, there are three episodes up. Uh, They are fantastic. It is basically um, just uh, so far, it's kind of like family adventures. So if you ever read the Black Cats, Batman and Sons, uh, which was a fan comic years and years and years ago, like Jesus Christ, like 15 years ago, um, it's kind of like that only uh, licensed. Uh, So it's The art is incredible. The storytelling's really good. Um, You've got Damien, who actually looks like Damien should look. Uh, Jason Todd's got his little white hair back. Mm -hmm. Um, They're actually interacting with one another. You have what is essentially um, this comic book medium that is uh holy christ responding to a lot of the things that comic book fans like batman family fans have been asking for for Mm -hmm. i've been reading comics for decades now and this is the sort of thing i've been asking for for decades and we're 
possibly only going to get it through webtoons and it's licensed and holy shit this is for real kind of thing uh and it's been up let's see this was published september 8th so that's today uh, and it has 176,000 subscribers nice in one day that's awesome and so so yeah and that sounds like a real comic to me <laughs> like a, a real professional comic it looks like uh, a real professional comic yeah, the that, art it, in it is better than a lot of comic book art oh yeah uh, the coloring in it is worlds in a way better than a lot of um printed comic book coloring mm. just because you know what damien's not white exactly and 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 the actually the person who's coloring it understands that <laughs> which is yeah. nice and they understand yeah, the very character. nice yeah. um the yeah because i mean because yeah i mean it and it's usually artists of, of color who understand that somebody of a different ethnicity who's not white is not just a darker version of a white person and so mm. it, it's it's nice to see artwork that that reflects that you know that reflects mm. the, the 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 looks and the curves and the and the and the style of of other ethnicities not just a darker white person mm. and you know so it, it's it's that's pretty cool but anyway, i'm sorry well that was not the point of this whole thing <laughs> but um no and uh i think that but uh, what it lays down to is is just a professional is somebody who gets paid to do something <laughs> and these people are getting paid in a way to create comics so therefore they're a professional it's a, if it's not their bread and butter uh, the uh, whoever wants you know to define what a comic is to them that's fine you know everyone can have their idea but don't enforce that idea onto other people and make them have to adhere to your idea you know because that's how you think so it's and you know and 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 don't downgrade someone because they like this is what the kind of comics they like you know because in all honesty um i like superhero comics i like the fun the action like that but some of the best superhero books are the ones when it's relationship driven or when it's character driven and it's character driven. exactly like everybody pushes like what are the best superman comics like it's it's those human moments for supermans that time when superman's talking to that girl or whatever it's it's all those yeah. superman human moments it's, um and it's, it's you know yeah and when we're talking about this idea of uh, how, how, like, how much is a person making their living off of comic books, pretty much all, like, quote unquote, like, even people like getting printed, super, super famous. Uh, comic book creators a lot of them still have second jobs exactly or like primary professions where they're making money through other means because as we said earlier in this episode uh mm -hmm. comics don't pay great publishing doesn't pay great no so these people like also do other things like teach or uh they make money through like novels like writing novels or writing podcasts or writing television shows or writing movies or, or they're making or doing conventions so yeah that's you know part of comics so exactly. people might fudge that but, but yeah. like uh 
these people do a lot of other things or they're also making money doing like the editing side of the business. They couldn't make money just writing. They're also editors like, yeah. or are they just doing the art? They're doing something else too. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people cannot make a living just doing this one thing because it does not pay enough. Even if um, they're like some of your favorite comic book writers and artists that are in some of your famous favorite published books Uh, there are some you know like web comic creators you've never heard of making really decent money Mm -hmm. um that have never probably you know been printed exactly because they get good ad bucks right they don't have to worry about it exactly they don't have to worry about the printed side so I'm starting a Patreon so that Go we can make money. No, 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 no. I think I think that whole argument goes for all creatives. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's unfortunately, I think because we live in a world where we've been taught that art and whatever art form that is doesn't pay your bills and isn't quote worth a lot or for isn't people. work or isn't real work mm-hmm. yes people and like this stupid capitalist hustler bullshit that we've oh, like God. been programmed to do yes. like everyone is like oh yeah you know like i'm i'm also against i mean personally i am also against monetizing your craft like like people should like for me okay i know this is stupid if i sew and crochet i do it for the love of it not because I'm like, I'm going to start selling it and making money. I, I don't believe in that personally, but I think, and that it, it, that's very, very, very small beans and I'm just trying to personalize it. But I mean, like for people who like love writing comic books, we live in a shitty world where they're not allowed to make money off of that. And that's, and, and so like, I understand this, like what Brian was saying earlier about like, oh, you're a professional if you make money at it. I get that. But I also feel like people are professionals because they've been in the industry for 15 yeah. years and they're just fucking grinding away, trying to get that big break. And it's unfortunate that they have to grind for so long or however long that may be because people aren't, you know, thinking, I don't know, I'm probably not explaining it right, but like, they're not thinking that they're real comic book writers so they or they're not real comics so they don't get that like distribution or that you know that advertisement I'm just trying to throw out words now like they don't get that kind of popularity that somebody gets when they're when they've made it big I guess is what I'm trying to say and I think that's stupid and that's unfortunate because I think anybody who attempts something to make it their job I don't care what you do or how you do it you're trying to be a professional in it. And that is a real thing. And I mean, yeah, I I think the word professional is frankly kind of problematic in and of itself. Why does Mm -hmm. it matter whether or not you're professional? Yeah, it It, it, it should be about quality. I don't even know that it should be about quality. Well, I mean, quality isn't subjective, like not, you know, what was quality one person's another. If if you're entertaining somebody, it's quality. Yeah. yeah that that probably fits a little bit more like talk yeah. about my tales of suspense 101 to 105 right like fuck you that book the art on that book is garbage but i love it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> but <laughs> no 
Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, like, because I sorry, whoever drew that book. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't, it's we so won't bad. tag them. Um, I won't even look it up. I don't know. I don't want to. We won't say their name. Don't. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, it's it all boils down to this capitalist like American dream thing, where it's like, oh, you know, figure out what you want to, you know, what you love, and then figure out a way to make money off of it. Yeah, and it's like it, that that doesn't really necessarily exist in the way our economy is set up and 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 like i think it was jeremy whitley who said a couple days ago on social media where it was like find what you love and then do it for the rest of your life on the weekends and, and at night you know like unfortunately that's well, the way really, there's you know. a commercial yeah. there's a commercial out where it's literally a person's like yeah i work in nine to five but graphic design or whatever like is my dream and my passion so it's a whole website that's dedicated to monetizing this person's quote-unquote passion and it literally shows them dedicating all their evening hours and their weekend to like get this mm -hmm. website going and i'm Listen, like this is the world's worst fucking message i hate our generation because we yeah. did this to ourselves you yeah, realize absolutely. like yeah. millennials fucked ourselves uh, yeah. this this whole i i don't think it was just us like gen x like was serious part of part of this like helping to create you know like all of these companies that also do all this temporary work bullshit. um but we do way too much of it and we shouldn't have allowed this to happen <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Gen Z, please don't get into this bullshit. Uh, yeah, it's fight it with thing. fight it with all your life. Statistics shows that you are and that you're not like going through with it and that you're fighting it. Please do. It's don't do it. Uh, statistically, it says that you think millennials work too hard. We do. Uh, fuck that nonsense. Your free time is sacred. Yeah, absolutely. hold it so. I think. I think a big, huge thing, part of it was that we, I mean, I know myself, I'm speaking for myself, especially, and there's a lot of people like me where they're, they're basically told by their parents and that you need to do well in school mm -hmm. and you need to go to college, you need to get a degree. And when you get a degree, you're going to get a job and that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. And when, and, oh, and you're going to have that job for 40 years yeah and then you're gonna yeah. retire from that job and you're gonna have a great retirement and then you're gonna die yeah anyone my generation and a few years younger i want to ask them like if you went to college and you graduated are you working in the field that you graduated in and a lot of people are gonna say no i yes. work i work in finance and i work with a bunch of history and english majors <laughs> you know like that's just Trying, the way it yeah. is I, I write and i have an english degree but i write for finance so. yeah Eh, kind of so so yeah i mean it, it's but still so it's and i think that's that was a big big problem about it too is that we were we were sold something that that uh is not true and yeah. the new in the new generation you know is is understanding that like hey you know it's not about going to college it's about figuring out what you want to do and and you know if like and, and don't to, expect to make money because college yeah, was supposed exactly. to give us money and i don't make i like i'm barely making minimum wage you just go you just go to debt essentially if, yeah yeah if and go to trade school essentially if you're Absolutely. To this and you're a younger person and you have flexibility in your career paths take a note from your auntie carrie 
I'm <laughs> going to tell you this. The, and you want to make some serious fucking money, I will tell you how. Go to a trade school, yep. yeah. learn plumbing, learn carpentry, become an yeah. electrician. Those jobs will last a millennia until we kill the earth. Yeah. You will always be employed. You will welding. make solid money. It's yeah. something that, yes, welding. It's These yeah. are skills that we are losing because you have a fucking bunch of dippy bullshit degrees like me and Brian, where it's like, we're going to learn history and we're going to teach the world. No, we're not. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, is that the way our economy is set up is, is that nothing is made to last. And so you you should be in the in the position to to fix the things because they're all going to break. My, God, we need something made to last. Yeah. My biggest regret is that my, and this is like no shade to my dad. My biggest regret is that my dad did not believe in having girls on the job site. I am the only one of the kids who's mechanically and like mind inclined to understand his trade. And I never got caught, like I never got taught. And so he has told me like literally within last month that he wishes he would have passed on the family business to me because I actually would have done something with it, uh, you know, and it's my dad's an electrician, but he's retired, you know, whatever. But like, it's one of those things where these you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Yeah. We're, you know, I don't understand money. I hate money. I also love to spend it. Uh, people that do things to make money, regardless of what it is, are just trying to survive, mm -hmm. are just trying to get a little bit of head so they don't get crushed by the stupid bullshit system we live in. Comics, the art is viable. Art is art exists to make others happy it's subjective yes and what is good is subjective and we all have different opinions but somewhere somehow someone's art makes someone else happy and that's all that matters and they should get paid and they should be yeah. they should get paid they should get they should be paid well they mm. should get compensated and they should mm. get treated with respect because they're doing mm. something great in this world and we live i mean we the world is more media driven than ever yes. and, and entertainment yeah. driven. And, yes. and so like, that's what it boils down to is that if someone is creating something, they should get compensated and because of what the mirth and joy that they're bringing people, as well as they're in a position to tell stories that are not told often enough or they're, t or, or to, to push something that needs to be pushed in our society. You know, like, you know, the first thing that like a, a fascist society does is they stifle the, the, the arts because the arts are the people that are gonna speak out and, when, and something's different. I mean, arguably our economy is service and entertainment based mm -hmm. and uh -huh. where are we like most underpaying people's services and mm -hmm. the lowest rungs of entertainment you know mm -hmm. like yeah. writers and you know like the lower levels of probably you know writing rooms and people doing you know like sewing for um you know like costuming and stuff like that are probably mm -hmm. treated horribly with mm -hmm. pay but I, that's not my area of expertise at all but you know uh people doing inking you know they send that shit overseas because they won't even pay people exactly. <laughs> the harder you, know, you work the less the less money you get paid <laughs> yeah you you pay them you there are so many you know you you check 
inks in a lot of these books. Uh, you check colors in so many of these books, and it's there a lot of people from you know like Indonesia or the Philippines because oh yeah. you can pay them less because oh people over there are poor. Mm-hmm. Inking is a dying art. Okay, well I guess I just better let's bring it home. Bring it home. Let me pull up the old script here. I promise no more French. And uh, so, well, we reached the end of the show. And uh, thank you to everyone listening to our show. Email us any questions or comments at comments are better at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at CDBPod. Uh, website is comments are better.wordpress.com where you can request a, um, a future subject, uh, subject for a future show. And uh, don't forget to follow, rate, and tell a friend about the podcast. And Darcy, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I am at Books and Serial. No, I'm not. That's wrong. I can't believe I did that. I've not done that wrong, I think, ever. I'm at Books underscore Serial on Twitter. There we go. That's actually accurate. And booksandserial.wordpress.com, which is the website. Um, And uh, I think the only thing I've really talked about recently is the long rant on the website I went on about uh, the fact that they've suddenly decided they're putting Batman the Audio Adventures on HBO Max starting September 18th. And what happened to Batman Unburied? Who knows? Uh, That's suddenly a thing nobody's talking about. Um, And uh, why do we suddenly need to batman podcast why are we putting a batman podcast on a visual medium who the hell knows but you know Mm -hmm. what it's starring jeffrey wright so probably i'll watch it maybe maybe i won't because i don't have hbo max but we'll see isn't jeffrey wright the uh the voice of the or the watcher the watcher i haven't watched any of that yet i need to watch that you haven't watched what if i haven't watched what if yet i i have not watched one bit of it yet Fucking kidding me! I, I'm I'm a bad. Nerd. Oh, is that a show? Yeah, it's oh animated. no, there's a reason why Darcy. We're we like to spend time together, and I don't like stop TV. spending time together. I know. Watch what if? Listen, your wife's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Finally, someone says the what's <laughs> needing to be said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, they're thirty minutes a piece. Don't get on Twitter yeah. on Saturday or something. I don't know what your life's like outside of this podcast, despite <laughs> the fact that we talk every single day. Take, yeah. we're, we just hit episode five. Listen to me, Brian. Listen, seriously, <laughs> you'll love it. There's, oh, oh my well. Jesus, holy fucking shit. Don't talk about it. From what I've heard. <laughs> There's no. spoilers. Yeah, from what, when I, what I've heard, I, and I've heard people talk about every episode, what the subject of each episode is, and it's totally my wheelhouse. I mean, oh my God, it's I, so I, good. Just, I just haven't even, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, um, usually even, even um, I'll be able to, to just, you know, not, well, the thing is, is honestly, I've been binging reading so therefore, my time that I would usually not be hanging out with Carrie and watching a show, I'm not hanging out with Carrie and reading. I cannot so. believe that you have prioritized <laughs> Frank Miller 
I know. Over this. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm so disappointed. Denny O'Neill's editing is what is what makes those comments good. Denny O'Neill was partially responsible for killing Jason Todd. So you yeah. cannot use that argument on me. Listen, everybody's like, Denny O'Neill, but Denny O'Neill. Listen, I don't have, have got, that affection in my heart for but Denny. We would have got um, Tim Drake. We would have not got Tim Drake if they never killed Jason Todd. So. Listen to me not give a shit. <laughs> I loved, I loved, no, that's that's my Robin. It's Tim Drake. So don't care. No, I know. I'm just, okay. I have a tattoo of him on my shoulder. I do care. I love him to death. He's adorable. <laughs> I take it back. I felt bad even as I said it. Even as it came out of my mouth, I felt you, terrible. You were, you were just trying to make a point. I understand. No. All right. I'm gonna well, have to go say like Hail Marys or something. Go. I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> to the to the altar of Tindrake. Oh <laughs> yes. that's really cute. Read, read the uh, the the early two thousands Robin Run with um, when he's at school <sighs> as, as your penance, right? You know? <laughs> I'll just have to keep reading this um, webtoons run. He's in yep. it. Oh, sweet! I gotta check that out. Definitely, I wasn't gonna check it out. I mean, I was gonna check it out no matter what, but I definitely have to check it out. Okay, well, I'm at <laughs> Brighton two eight one four at Twitter and Brighton underscore CB. Maybe I won't be posting as much because I'll be watching Marvel What If. Good. <laughs> but so for Darcy and Carrie, I am Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. So remember, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.